Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your host, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Matthew Cooksey, who is joining us all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Matthew is a therapist, coach, truth seeker, and speaker. He's on a mission to help people embrace their human mess so they can lead their best lives. Matthew is dedicated to teaching people the art of loving the unlovable within. Now, let me tell you quickly how Matthew came to be a guest on this show. A few weeks ago, I released an episode about how you must let go of the how in order to create a life you love. Matthew heard the episode and reached out. After praising the episode, which is always a good thing to do if you want to pitch yourself to be a guest, Matthew then said, my audience may appreciate if we build on what I spoke about in that episode. He told me how he is helping his clients revolutionize how they relate to everything inside that loathes uncertainty so they can let go of the how and unleash the unique contribution they know in their bones they were born to make. Needless to say, Matthew caught my attention and I invited him to be my guest on the show. So welcome, Matthew. It is so great having you here today. My goodness. It's lovely to be here. We were just talking before we started just about the deep alignment that we feel um, in the work that we're doing in the world. And I'm excited to get into this this conversation because I think um, it has we have so much to uh, learn about how to let go and and to really allow things to to come forward in our lives. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think so too. There's a nice energies in there. We're gonna. I think we're gonna have, have some fun here, and who knows where it will go? Like, I mean, we can go in any direction, and we'll we'll discover some new things. I think. But before, first, before we we jump into what we intended to get together to talk about, I want to acknowledge you for reaching out and asking me to be on this show. I mean, taking action on what you want and leaning into your purpose such an important part of achieving great things in in life and being someone that has an impact in in the world and and i just want to acknowledge you and and thank you for modeling this important behavior so beautifully so well done you (laughs) so sweet thank you and I, i actually think it really it's a really good example to peel back a little layer on for people to you know to really see what goes on inside for me to be able to reach out to you Mm -hmm. to come and have this conversation because i think very often we imagine that there are these fearless people out there or there's these highly spiritual spiritually uh attained people who just you know float through life on a cloud and and end Mm -hmm. up being a guest on a on a podcast. And, you know, my message for people, it really does revolve around um, how do we, how do we hold the parts of ourselves that don't get what our higher self gets that do get frightened by Mm -hmm. reaching out to somebody or making a request or the uncertainty of whether a dream is going to come to to friction. So how I, I want to just completely like confess to everybody listening here that I didn't, when I reached out to you, there wasn't like a total absence of um, worry or self-concern in, in my reach, reaching out, out to you. But very often what I see happens is people's self-concern becomes the, the primary thing in their, in their being. And so for me, 
what I'm really starting to see for myself and helping other people realize is that, that this higher self can actually be found not just on the mountaintop in this transcendent place, but in, in the gritty human emotions. Like when I'm feeling fear, when I'm feeling shame, you know, our higher self is, is there too. It can be found there. And when you can find your higher self there, no longer do you need to run away from anything. And then you can reach out to Anita Adams <laughs> and say, Hey, Anita, I'd like, you know, I, I would, I would love to come and talk about this more with you, you know? So it's just, um, <laughs> I want people to hear that. I want people to hear that it's yeah. not the absence of fear that allows, um, allowed me to do that. It's like really finding my higher self in that fear. I love that distinction of finding your higher self in that fear, finding your higher self in that worry or whatever the emotion is. It's not a separateness of my higher self is this and here I am in this moment feeling like freaked out or whatever. There's a, a oneness there. And I, I love I love that. I've never I've never thought of it in that in that way. So is, do you have a process for for calling on that higher self that helps you move past fear? Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, and I love how you've kind of zeroed in on this, because I think a lot of people are stuck on this path, because there is this duality inside them. There's, there's screwed up me, who's like fearful and worried and anxious and all of that. And then there's this higher self and we're almost trying, it's like we're trying to get away from ourselves mm -hmm. to this higher self, hoping that we're going to find some salvation, some kind of respite from ourselves. And um, so for me, it has been a process that's very driven by um, being in touch with the raw emotional experience of whatever the emotion is. So we, I think very often get confused about feeling. I often think like we actually don't know how to feel. We need really classes at school hmm. about how to feel because for example, what I would, what I do, how I find this higher self in the most unexpected places is I drop in, I, I let my attention come down into my body and I'll really let myself experience the raw physical emotion in my body. Like if I do it right now, I can feel, you know, there's this, bubbling happening in me that's like this excitement about being here in conversation with you and this joy and i'm looking at your face anita and for anyone who's you know just listening to this anita has this beautiful um energy pouring at, at me so there's a lot of there's a lot of me that feels very uh at ease here very relaxed very open all of that stuff but down here in my solar plexus i can also feel some tension and for me it's a, it's become a journey of of dropping down and giving that tension let's just say in this instance really space to actually finally let it be we are so often just reacting to that feeling and then coming back up into our head going, we don't like, I don't like this tension. So I'm just going to, I'm going to ignore it. And so the first step, this is just the first step for me is the step of dropping down into it and, and making the determination. I'm going to give this some space and with no agenda, no mm. agenda for years. The thing that I had kind of upside down and inside out was I would, because a lot of people are, are now getting into somatic kind of therapy. They're really becoming more in tune with their emotions and their bodies. And that's, that's really wonderful. But when you have an agenda and the agenda is, I'll feel this to hopefully get rid of it. 
you miss, you miss the miracle that is at the heart of that emotion. I absolutely love everything you're you're saying right now. And I have to tell you, um, I get, um, I, I'm getting like truth bumps, what I used to call goosebumps, the <laughs> truth bumps. <laughs> I know somebody, somebody shared that with me and I've, I've stolen it, the truth bumps. So I've, I, for the last year or so, I've been doing something um, called spiritual writing or automatic writing where I just, you know, I, I zone out and I, I write um, and I have a, a dialogue, if you will, with my, either my higher self or spirit, God, whatever it, your word is for that. There's this, this greater than you feeling to it. And a message that I've been getting over and over and over again is to just be, just be. And here I have this interviewer conversation with you and you are talking about, you just got to let it be. And I feel like, oh, this is what I'm trying to, this is the message that I've been trying to understand that this whole duality thing that you're talking about, I'm so guilty of, you know, it's like, okay, just be, accept, allow all these emotions to to surface. You do not have to push your fear away. You do not have to push your anxiety away. You can just accept it, breathe into it, allow it to be, and that's when you will experience the miracle. And I'm, I feel like you were divinely driven to come and be on the show to share that message with me and anybody else who is currently listening to this because they met, are meant to hear that message as well. So very, very cool. <laughs> I also have the truth bumps and I'm also stealing that term. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I remember when my teacher said, there's this point of spiritual maturity where you have to be more interested in the truth than feeling better. Mm-hmm. Because how much of our lives and our spiritual practice, our emotional practice is actually not really oriented around wanting to know what's true. We want to feel better. Yeah. And what I notice is that on my own journey, as I have become more and more interested and emphasizing what's true, even if learning what's true makes me feel worse, can I tolerate that? Can I tolerate that? And if I can't tolerate that, then that's not something to judge. It's something to really notice that, oh my gosh, okay, I have this experience of myself as this as this higher self, and I have this more sort of everyday experience of being being me, and they feel kind of quite quite different. Am I am I just desperately trying to get out of this everyday self and into this better feeling self just because I don't like the feeling of it? Or am I actually interested in seeing what's really going on here? And for me, that's where we can start to, what I see in people is that their spiritual brain boots up at some point, very often through some kind of breakdown or that turns into a breakthrough or, you know, some difficult calamity comes their way and and it causes a shift in in their being. And then their spiritual brain roots up but it's like almost like what we're describing here is we then have our mental and emotional brain so now we've got these two brains but it's like one runs on apple and the other one runs on windows and they don't talk to one another so we find ourselves trying to live life through these two radically different operating systems that give us completely different views of ourselves and of the world and when you can really start to engage in this practice in the way that we're describing what i see happening is like it's like the wiring and the operating system connects these two computers the spiritual computer the psychological one and all of a sudden you can feel like i was i was feeling some shame this morning i was feeling shame and there was a felt sense of shame in my body like in the pit of your stomach 
that like awful gut-wrenching feeling that you are a bad human being You've done something bad you are bad like i was feeling that the gut-wrenching clench in my in my gut and then when i dropped into it as i've just kind of been describing it was like my spiritual computer booted up connected with the psychological computer and suddenly i got to see the shame through eyes of eternity the eyes of god through the eyes of love my higher self and so it was like and it just melted it just melted and at the core of this shame all i could find was love hmm. and so it was just this amazing this this amazing experience so we can we can start to bring these two computers together through this mm-hmm. kind of practice mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, okay, so I want to I want to dissect this a little bit. Um, I find it really interesting, and I have to acknowledge um, I'm feeling that duality that's happening right now because at the beginning of this this show, I said to you, "Let's make sure all of our devices are turned off so we don't have any pings or anything like that." And then, sure enough, my my computer, my phone is pinging, and I'm like, "What the heck?" And it pulls me out, and it pu- and it makes me angry and frustrated, and I feel like I drop away from being connected to this amazing human being in front of me because of the stories I start telling myself about why that's happening. How come I can't seem to get technology to work for me? Do you know, you hear what I'm saying? So I and the no, only exactly reason, what you mean. It's a great, and how perfect that that comes I know. up <laughs> right now. It's perfect. It's perfect because we can actually use this to illustrate this whole point, you know, um, so I mean, if you're if you're open if you're open to it, um, you know, we could just make a space right now for Let's do it. <laughs> you to to actually feel that, you know, because yeah. um, one of the approach we usually employ in a moment like this is we try and push it away, right? And we try yeah, to totally. And I'm like, I gotta focus, focus, focus on, on Matthew. Like, come on, let's get back into. <laughs> come on, get back into the game. Like, come on, you know. And, <laughs> And it's very willful. It, it's really very forceful. It's totally. really the opposite of, of that relaxed place that you And I felt in. my energy yeah. totally shift. Like I just went to this like, whoa. <laughs> and I reckon, I reckon you're not alone. I think a lot of people listening to this are going to be going, yes, yes, me too. Like this is, what do we do about this, right? Yeah. Um, there is a... There is a wonderful piece that might be just worth worth reading a part of of here that I read a few weeks ago by a guy called Jeff Foster. He's a, a spiritual teacher, and um, it, I'll just read a, a, a short passage of it. And it says, "Fall in love with the darkness, the shadows, the hidden parts, the bits we hide out of shame. Fall in love with the innocence, our childhood fears of the dark, of being exposed." of showing ourselves, being seen, coming to to the light. Fall in love with the secret humanity. Know that darkness is not darkness, only scared fragments longing to come into the light. Beings who want to love and attention and breath and inclusion in the larger picture of self. Make it safe for the little monsters to come out of hiding and let them know that they're beautiful worthy and not monsters at all and for me in that moment for you there there's a little monster here that comes up you know and she gets really frightened about getting this right and not having a ping in the background and we could just literally drop in to the body and we could feel her and we wouldn't even need to get into lots of stories about her. You could just feel how she feels in your body. And if we were to give her some space to just be there and to be with her, what do you what do you find? What do you experience? If you just give her that space. Mischievousness actually. <laughs> 
Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <sighs> yeah. And that lovely. And it's almost like, yeah. I and I can feel you again now mm. in a different way as you drop in with her. Like it feels to me like that duality just collapsed again. Mm. Very interesting. What an interesting process. So it's, I guess it's recognizing when it happens, when you, mm-hmm. when you're the, this, the little monsters are appearing and instead of trying to chase them away with a broomstick or whatever, you want to just stop for a moment. Maybe the process right. is to take a deep breath, close your eyes, see the little monster. Right. Right. That's certainly a really important part of it. What I do notice with people is there's so much um, mental infrastructure opposing what you just described. We have learned and entrenched in our mind to avoid our little monsters. Mm -hmm. Actually, very often it's really hard for people to do what you just described. We are pathologically determined to not do what we just said. Like as much, Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, they hear what we just sort of described and and it sort of intuitively makes sense. But then something happens when it all starts coming up in life. When you start, you know, I, I think a lot of your listeners are people who are wanting to make a contribution in the world. They're wanting to, you know, make a difference to, to others. And then they start down that road and then suddenly the monsters get triggered and, and the, the will, the impulse to avoid that and push that away, I think is so automatic for so many people that very often what I find is you need, you need another step. Actually, you need to really go and have a look at the um, beliefs that are held about these somatic emotional monsters that we have inside us. And so that's what I do with people in the work that I do is I actually really evoke proactively the monsters with people. Mm -hmm. I say, let's look at your life and let's see where the monsters come out to play. And, and of course, when they come to it, they're like, yeah, these freaking monsters are ruining my life. They're holding me back. And, there's very much this this idea of wanting to get away from them, wanting to get over them. And so so once we really see and understand where where the monsters are, who they are, what they are, how they come out, and the judgments that are held mm. about them, more importantly, like in that beautiful moment where you just made contact with that mischievous one inside you, it's like without the judgment, you can see her in her mischievousness. And you can and there's such a gift in that. And mm. then there's creativity, there's intuition, all of this stuff. But without um without with with all of these judgments of these monsters, then they remain monsters. I think mm-hmm. that's the key. Without the judgment of these, so with, say that you said without the judgment. So, you, oh, okay, you want to take the judgment away from these monsters, exactly. and then they, okay, got it. Okay, that's really interesting. When, when we, yeah, when we can examine how we judge these monsters and really look at those judgments, and the judgments fall away, then they're no longer monsters to us. And you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Why would we want to go towards a monster? Like right. we don't want to do that, right? So the first step is to see that they're not monsters. Yeah. These yeah, yeah. feelings that, that like jump up in our body and seem to take over our life. That feels, it feels horrible. I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. I want to get away from that. So that that's a monster. Get away from me. And that reaction makes a lot of sense to me. And at the same time, it keeps us stuck in this either right. or world. Right. Interesting. Okay. I'm starting to um, make some connections to why you wanted to reach out and have a further conversation about the getting over the house. So let me just um, backpedal a little bit. In my podcast about letting go of the how, I argue if we focus on how we are going to achieve the end goal, 
we get lost in the enormity of the vision and feel overwhelmed or like our, our dreams are, are hopeless. In order to move forward with a big dream, I believe you must then focus just on the single next step you need to take instead of the, the end goal. And I think what I might be connecting now um, from this conversation is that the, that that feeling of getting lost in the enormity, um, those feelings of overwhelm, that whatever is being triggered for you, those are the little monsters that you're talking about. And what, you, if I'm getting you correctly, what you're saying is that we have to acknowledge those little monsters and embrace them. And then we can take look at the first step that we need to take or the next step or whatever. But first, first and foremost is really sitting with that duality and understanding that duality and understanding what is the little monster within that is putting on the brakes. Am I, I, I know I'm throwing words in Got your it. mouth, but am I yeah. getting what? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I feel, I, I feel like you're, you're beautifully joining the practicality of this up with the theory that I've been kind of expressing because um, you're right if the steps that we want to take bring out these mon these little monsters, then the chances that we're going to follow through on those are things really slim. Yeah. are really slim. And we all know that willpower is not a very reliable and very limited resource. So yeah, it, the monsters are coming out, they're coming out. And, yeah. and what if they contain what if they hold the key? Like we see these monsters as, as the obstacle. What if they hold the key? What if they know? What if they have the intuition? That's my experience. That is my experience that these monsters are holding the keys. Like I can, I've got the truth bumps in my body now. Like my whole <laughs> body is like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like, monsters hold the key they hold the key to um so many of the insights that the intuition the creativity the um you know all of this stuff but it just right. it arrives in this form that we just reflexively tend to push away because it feels it feels frightening we're frightened of our fear we're frightened of our anger we're frightened of our shame we're frightened of our guilt we're frightened of our feelings yeah and our monsters prevent, pre present in our feelings pre predominantly. And these monsters are actually our greatest gifts. Okay, so we need to get to know our monsters. Is that what I'm hearing? I, I, I would say yes with a small caveat. Get to know them in the body primarily. Like mm -hmm. it can be useful. Like, I map the monsters basically for people. I draw people a, um, a, like a mind map where we actually identify all of the different monsters. And guess what? They're like a little inner family and they're mm -hmm. all in, some are in allegiance with other monsters. Some of the monsters are fighting each other as well. You know, there's this inner battle for control of our lives that's noisy, an inner psychological battle, which prevents us accessing the wisdom of our higher selves. And so, so I think it can be very helpful to build a mental picture for sure of these monsters. And I do that for people and draw it all out and define what it is that these monsters believe and their, their perspective on themselves and on the world. But then it's kind of like really like with that knowledge, like hold that lightly, let that go. And then when they present, you'll feel them and then feel them, then give space for the energy. Because very often if we stay in our mind about it, hmm. it, it, it just gets more clouded. It gets more confused. Really the, the, the breakthrough is to be found in the body, in the emotion, just in the raw energy that these these um parts of ourselves are evoking and when you can find joy and love in the middle of shame you're free mm -hmm. you are free. you are liberated and that's really the promise of of this sort of work mm -hmm. it's really fascinating 
Um, so it's just to reiterate, we're, we're not trying to eliminate fear. We're not trying to get rid of, well, like I, I anxiety is a big one. Like we don't want yeah. anxiety in our life. So do we, do we just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I stumble on this one because that's a big one that I, you know, I talk a lot about with my clients and trying to help them overcome the anxiety so they can move forward with whatever it is that they're trying to move forward with, just having a healthy, happy life. And right. so what would your recommendation be on, on that? Like, would you, would you say, okay, just acknowledge that there's, there's this being within you that is a little monster that is full of anxiety. That's, yeah, walk me through this. It's kind of like, yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for the, this this wonderful exploration. Um because yeah. it makes it really real for people. Um it yeah. it makes it really concrete. Um so I think there's a there's a there's a paradox here in this. On the one hand, we don't want to feel anxiety and we want to get on with our lives. We want to want to live we want to come alive mm-hmm. and and yet then we do we feel so we feel anxious and when we show up to that anxiety with the agenda of getting over it feeling it to get over it mm-hmm. that actually sustains it and it prevents us from finding the peace that is at the it's almost as if the if you can picture this as if the anxiety is actually made of peace. Imagine like a, I think you've got like a really sore muscle that's knotted, you know, and it's really agony. And you go for a massage and somebody, you know, digs their fingers into it and all that. It hurts, right? It actually hurts. Like it gets more painful, but it was never not your muscle there. It was always your muscle. It's not like there was a foreign body in there that was creating the pain and so anxiety and all of these emotions are almost like a love in spasm let's call it love or peace in spasm and when you actually can be with it without any agenda Mm -hmm. ironically that is is sort of the moment where it relaxes out of the spasm and you just experience it as what it was all along, which is love and love. peace. Hmm. Love and peace. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I I get that. You um in your bio, uh, you you talk about um the art of loving the unlovable within. So that's what you're talking about right here, right? Exactly what I'm talking about. Exactly yeah. it because this is what we've all learned in our lives to push away in one way or another, with ever more sophisticated ways. And what I see in spiritual circles is that we're less prone to pushing it away with substances or um, workaholism. You know, we've sort of probably been there, done that in some some level. And, and so we have more subtle ways in which we push that away. And I just know in my own life and in the, in the work that I do with people, when they can when they can see this and feel and know that anxiety is love and peace at its center their whole orientation to it shifts dramatically because mm-hmm. it's like unwrapping a gift you're like wow okay there's a gift for me here and i know mm-hmm. i'm so aware of how ridiculous this probably no, sounds on some levels <laughs> for the mind for the mind that says nah. like what do you mean a gift in anxiety don't be ridiculous it's awful mm. it feels horrible in my yeah, body yeah. like no gift here like it's just awful i want it to go away and i just want anyone who feels that to know that it makes total sense that you feel that that way and and me too most of my life most of my life i was finding ever more sophisticated ways to avoid going there and really just letting it be to to go back to your intuitive thing so really just let be you know can we just let it be and that's where there is this breakthrough available for people if they can 
be held and supported very often to let it be over extended period of time. Because in, in the work I do, you know, I work for, with people for like 10 weeks and I literally get them to evoke whatever it is they don't like over and over deliberately. And, and as they evoke it, that's when I'm giving them the, 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 some of these pointings that we're going through in this conversation to how to be with those intense feelings of anxiety or depression or shame or how do we be with it, but not get subsumed and taken over by it, you know? And it's like, it seems like we've only got the option to either avoid it completely and go up to our transcendent mountain or get lost in it. And what I'm trying to help people see is that there is this place where you can, you can lean in and bring the mountaintop with you and then find the mountaintop in the valley. Wild. It's wild. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. So it's, um, you want to attach no meaning, attach no um, judgment and have no agenda when these feelings come up. That's, that's where you start. And then, yeah. And then acknowledge, just simply acknowledge what is happening, be present with it. I think that's really the key to be really then curious about it. Curious, that's a good word. Be curious. I like that. Be Be curious curious in the sense of if we go back to that statement about do you, are you interested in the truth or do you just want to feel better? For me, curiosity is a sign that I am in this space of truth seeking as opposed to just wanting to feel better. So it's kind of like you drop in, you start to sort of make space for the, for the emotion of anxiety, try and stay out of your head and more in the bodily experience of it. And then as you make space for it, it's like, okay, could I just actually investigate this maybe for the first time in my life? What is this? What is this? What's what? If I just give this some attention, I just look at it. Just look at it. How does it move? Is it moving? Is it changing? What happens if I just leave it alone, but actually give it attention at the same time? What happens? Mm. And to really see it experimentally, treat it like an experiment. Does it change? Does it then relax? Very often what I find is that paradoxically, when you give it that kind of unagended attention, it will just like, I don't feel that, you know, earlier in this conversation, I said, I felt this tension in my, in my gut. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that at all. It just relaxed because mm-hmm. I gave it a space. And I'm just, as I, as I say that, I'm just in, I'm just having a moment where I'm like, I'm really enjoying Mm-hmm. the spaciousness that I feel that came about because I embraced that little monster of that mm-hmm. tension. So the curiosity, I think is the key word. Can I be curious? And if I can't, that's cool. Just notice, Oh, I can't be curious. That is something for me to then look at. Like what is, what am I believing about this feeling or this monster? How we want to look at it that makes it impossible for me to be curious about it. And then we might go back to the mind. We might use the mind to examine, okay, well, I believe that this anxiety is um, going to destroy me, or I believe that this anxiety is ruining my life. Well, how can I be curious about this anxiety if I believe that this anxiety is ruining my life and it's my enemy, my sworn enemy? And in that case, very often, if people are struggling to just be with it and be curious, I will then take them to their mind and we'll do a process of inquiry into the thought process about the monster, about the feeling. And we'll do that. And and it's so exciting because then you kind of go, go through that process with somebody more mentally where you, you go through like, okay, so this is ruining your life. Is that true? And you really really but really bring a spirit of curiosity in a more cerebral kind of way about thing and what i find is very often 
the truth is not quite as they had it. And once they see a more true um, view of that feeling, then when we evoke it again and they go back in, all of a sudden they can find curiosity around it. So I think a lot of people getting stuck because they are diligently trying to make space for <clears throat> the anxiety or the shame or whatever it is, but then, but then they can't access the curiosity because mm -hmm. the, the beliefs about how this feeling is damaging me or ruining my life or spoiling things or whatever is so strong. I can't be curious about it. So we've got to, we've got to unwind a bit of that mentally in order to access the curiosity because it's all well and good to say, just be curious about it. And in my experience, like that's sometimes easier said than done, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> You're in the grip of an anxiety storm or, or, or a grip of a shame storm or, or whatever. Right. That's really, um, really helpful what you're you're sharing. And it's uh, something that I think we can all walk away with and practice right away, you know, just looking at and acknowledging those moments, even just like the little moments, like the phone ringing, and it, it rattled me, you know, and just taking a moment oh. to, to breathe it in and connect with with that. And there's obviously there's bigger moments if we're trying to move forward with our with our dreams, you know, what is what is stopping um, what is stopping you from taking that action? And maybe, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. So, and 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 uh, well, yeah. Well, I'd like to end on 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 that, like exploring how we move forward with our dreams when we've got a the, the, a fear piece that is um, stepping in the way. Um, I guess it's just—is it the same thing? Just the same the same principles? It's just acknowledging what it is that's stopping you. I think. I think. Um... I mean, I'm in the midst of this at the moment. I'm I'm building a movement. I'm building a movement to bring together psychology and spirituality because I think these are two siloed worlds. And in many ways, this process that we've just been going through today really bridges the two. It, it brings our higher self into our gritty human emotions. That's the goal of it anyway. As I'm building this movement, I am feeling all the emotions that, you know, anyone feels when they're trying to create something new or trying to um, build something. You know, there's vulnerability in creativity, mm -hmm. for sure. We, we, we know that, right? So what it feels like to me is that the process that we've just been talking about is like learning to surf. Imagine the big waves of emotion, okay? And for somebody who's listening to this, what I would say is if you want to really move forward with any anything that's going to impact the world, there's going to be vulnerability in it, which is going to bring up the, the emotions and these, these monsters. And so if we can learn to surf those big waves and i'm truly mean it like if anyone's actually surfed like the joy mm. of riding i'm like not a good surfer at all i'm mostly falling off when it comes to actual surfing mm -hmm. but what it feels like to me as i'm building my movement is that i as i come up to the crest of a wave i experience like a big fear it's very high i could fall you know, all sorts of emotions come up. And what I'm learning to do is exactly what we've just been describing in dynamically in the moment, really making space for the feeling, the emotion without an agenda, bringing curiosity to it, finding that it then naturally dissipates into the love and the peace that it was always in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then I'm kind of, flying down the wave in joy and excitement and it's wonderful and it's exciting and things are happening and I'm on Anita's podcast and what a what a you know exciting moment this is and then I'm coming to like the bottom of the wave and you know if there's confusion and there's shame and there's chaos and there's like what am I doing like where's this going what what's this all about like all of those normal feelings that we experience and there's Again, the same thing. There's a learning to make space with that, mm. to find curiosity about about that. 
And so what it feels like to me like now is that I'm surfing. I'm surfing these emotions mm. in a way that is so exciting. Like I would never have thought I, I was drowning in shame as a kid, mm. as a young adult, drowning in it. And I would never, ever have believed that I would have said that that being with shame would be a joyful thing ever, ever. And in some levels it's not, but in another level, it absolutely is joyful because I find my higher self right there in those moments. So I think to come back around to your question, we need to learn to surf. We need, I don't think it's enough to just take these practices. It's like saying, it's like watching somebody on a surfboard having one little go and going, okay, cool. That's, I now I know what I need to do. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, you don't know what you need to do. You actually need to practice this a lot, mm. a lot, you know, in order to be able to actually stay on the board when it's right at the top or when it's crashing down on the, or at least if it, if you fall off the board, which you do, which I do for sure to then not, be uh, in a terrible stuck place about that and to just simply be able to get back on on the board. So awesome. I hope that um, I hope Yeah, that I'd like that. I like the analogy. Um, and I like the idea of, of practicing this. Like I think like any kind of transformation requires, you know, a, a conscious effort um, and practicing the skills to to get better and i guess what i would suggest is that we can practice it on the little things like when your phone keeps pinging during a podcast you know and just <laughs> drop into the moment and and accept the uh the mischievous monster that's uh you know rattling around inside or whatever it is you know and we find those find those moments being self-aware i think is so important being self-aware and recognizing when those little moments happen and practice on the little things and and then I would I would assume that as we get better at being curious and and connecting with the, those little monsters, that when those monsters are are bigger and scarier, that we can deal with them, um, or accept them and embrace them, so we can let go of, of them in a in a more compassionate um, uh, way. So well, that's that's beautiful. The idea to begin in these small moments because I think we can probably have an easier time finding curiosity about a phone pinging than, you know, some bigger calamity yeah. in our lives. Absolutely. Um, I also, I've got something on my website. If anyone is hearing this and needs some kind of re resource, I have a resource that's called finding your higher self in the, in the last place you'd expect to find it essentially. And it kind of goes okay. through some of these um, steps to help people kind of work out how do they actually do some of this stuff. So um, it's just practice. It's practice, 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 practice. And, um, and before you know it, you're surfing, you know, and it's, um, <laughs> awesome. and it's amazing. It. It's amazing. amazing. I never would have thought that, that I would be able to embrace truly, truly embrace these emotions. Hmm. Tolerate, maybe. Get over, sure. But, but embrace. embrace. Yeah. Embrace for me, that's really the acid test of our higher self because our higher self will embrace them. I can tell, I can tell everyone that for sure. It will, it will not shrink. I, I love that. And I just, I'm pulling up my notes um, because you said something at the beginning of the show and I thought that it would be really good to reiterate it. Um, spiritual maturity, uh, more interested in the truth than feeling better. And that's that curiosity piece being curious to understand the truth than just trying to feel better. So thank you for that. What is the, what is the website that our listeners can go to, to get that, um, that uh, Actually, resource? Yeah. It's just about to go live. Uh, Cause I'm switching over. Um, it's called unmystical.com. Um, and the whole premise is to take the mystery out of all of this, you know, so hence the name unmystical.com. So yeah, you can find me there. Great. And um, I'm assuming uh, that, that that's your website. So people can, if they wanted to find out about your coaching services and different things, that's all there yeah. as well. Awesome. Yeah. They can find out there. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's all, all there. So yeah. If Perfect. anyone's uh, 
feeling excited about the possibility of embracing these things, then you know where to find me. And yeah, it's a joy to do this, this work with people. And I also just wanted to acknowledge you, Anita, for like my experience as a guest in the show has just been just a, of you just being so real, you know, so real, so open to your own experience as it arises. And it has made this feel very fresh and um, very alive, this conversation yeah. <laughs> and very concrete and, and practical too. So thank you so much, Anita, for what you're doing here. I think you're Wonderful. you're embodying what you're teaching so beautifully. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I, I so appreciate that. I believe one of my um, assets is that I'm a very curious human being and why I started this show was from my curiosity. I'm curious. I want to learn more. I want to understand how I can truly access my highest self so I can be of greatest service to my clients as well. So um, thank you for showing up and showing up with all of yourself to this show and playing full out with me. It's been really fun, a real, a real honor and a pleasure to meet you. And I hope we will continue to have a dialogue as you um, continue the work that you're doing. I'd, I'd love to stay in the loop with uh, what you are, your big mission of um, bringing spirituality and psychology together and helping more people. Uh, I think it's it's really interesting the work you are are um, embracing. So very cool. <laughs> oh, thank you, Anita. Yeah, so good to be here. And um, thank you. Awesome. And Joyful Journeyer, if you listened to the show and enjoyed it, please um, review, give us um, some thumbs up and uh, some stars or whatever it is. Uh, the more people <laughs> that review us and rate us, the, the more people we reach and uh, we can help raise that collective consciousness and and uh, turn us into a better a better world by uh, by sharing these stories, by sharing our knowledge, by connecting with more people. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.